This episode is brought to you by Levitt Pavilion. This summer, check out one of my favorite outdoor concert venues in Denver, Levitt Pavilion. May through October, Levitt is offering ticketed and totally free all-ages concerts. I feel like we just go to anything that's free because it's like the kids can be at the show and it's people aren't weird about it and you can like bring a picnic. It's awesome. Some of the free shows this season include Iskali, Melvin Seals, War and Treaty, Sunny War, Chali Tuna, and more. To RSVP for free shows and buy tickets, plus see the full concert schedule, go to levittdenver.org. That's levittdenver.org. Today on CityCast Denver, it's crunch time for the election. Ballots are due by the end of the day on Tuesday, April 4th. So who are you going to vote for? It's time to fill in the bubble. It's getting real. Today, me and Bree and one of our favorite guests are going to do what no journalists ever do. We're just going to come out and tell you. Also, the Park Hill Top Golf Course and some killer events happening this weekend. Today's Friday, March 31st. I'm Paul Caroli, and here's what Denver's talking about. Welcome back to CityCast Denver, the show about the city that is currently paying for both its mayor and its governor to vacation in Japan. Oh, don't even get me started, Paul. I feel I'm like Hancock's started. like, Bring it on. I'm about to be out the door. I'm going to spend some more money. I know you guys already have been mm-hmm. mad at me for getting on airplanes at various times to do things I shouldn't be doing. And he's yeah. like giving us the middle fingers. He, Bye. He, according to Nine News, in the past six months, he will have been to Tokyo, the UK, Ireland, Turkey, Egypt, and Ethiopia. That is so messed up. It's like... But we don't have money for other things. At least Polis is still in office. I mean, Hancock is gone as of July. Yeah, Yeah. that's true. But we'll get some more sushi restaurants before that. I want Uniqlo. That's my expectation for the mayor. I loved it. it. And it closed on the 16th Street Mall. It was on the 16th Street Mall. Bring Uniqlo back. Maybe finish the 16th Street Mall, Mayor Hancock. Put it in the Cherry Creek Mall. That We're going to talk more, more about that. I know. We're going to put a pin in Cherry Creek more, but I'm very, very interested in that right now. Um, you've heard her voice already. Well, you've heard both of their voices already. We've got our host, Bree Davies, here. Hi. And one of our Friday favorites. We're keeping it in the building for our big pre-election Friday show. Westward editor, Patty Calhoun, is back. Patty, welcome back. My pleasure. Of course, we're talking about the election. I apologize to everyone that we're still talking about the election. Well, with 9% of the people having voted, we should continue talking about it. Okay, so I know low voter turnout is normal for local elections. Like if there isn't a national something on the ballot, we tend to, we turn out really well for national elections. But is this normal, the low, low pre, you know, because we can mail, we can mail in, we can drop off. Too late to mail now. Monday was the deadline for mailing, but you can drop off in 24-hour drop boxes. It is a little low for right now for this time, but I don't think it will wind up remaining that low. I think people are really having trouble making decisions. I agree. That's exactly what I was like, because I'm that guy. I keep going back and forth. Right. But I also think people care enough about Denver, and if they listen to this, they will, that they will vote by Tuesday because you have to understand just how much a few votes can matter with 16 different candidates out there. No one's going to get 50 percent of the vote, which is what it would would take not to have a runoff. But you might get into the runoff with 10 percent of the vote. And you can think... 
grab your neighbors and your friends and vote for the person you like, and you might put them over. That's a good point. I'm really struggling. Yeah, you hear that? Renata gang? <laughs> Hashtag Renata gang. We can, <laughs> we can really get out the vote this weekend. Yeah, well, I, have Paul to, the I will Renata admit, stand? I am not voting for Renata because she made me change a quote in her questionnaire. <gasps> she did? Uh, well, she, we didn't put in her quote of Albert Schweitzer, and she thought we had something against Albert, Albert Schweitzer, Schweitzer, I think, yeah. He's not in the race, okay? He is not one of the 16 candidates. candidates. (laughs) I mean, I didn't like her because she said she didn't like women in our interview. So I was like, well, there goes my potential vote for you, ma'am. But I think that's, we are pretty sure she is not making the runoff. But otherwise, all bets are off. Okay, we're going to talk more about the election in a second. We got a fun idea, but we have a little bit of business before we get there. Uh, We're co-hosting a live show next month, and it's a very big deal. It's going to be super fun with Mortified. Mortified is this national podcast live show series where people get up on stage and read their real life teenage diaries. Brie, you're doing it. I'm terrified. You're scared. It's also going to be really fun, but I am super. So um, David Blatt, that's the host, Mm -hmm. does this incredible undertaking of when he reaches out to you and he, you know, he puts you in the lineup for the show. Then you have to hand your diaries over to him. Mm hmm. And he picks out what he thinks are going to be the best entries. And my gosh, he really found a thread in mine that was horrifying. And I'll just tell you, it involves Kurt Cobain. So, and not in a morbid way, in a I'm in love with him way. I'm 13, it's 1993. (laughs) So if you're a Gen Xer, Gen X millennial cusp like myself, I think you might really identify with my my deep feelings for My Pisces man, I think is what I call him. So. Oh, your, that's sweet. It yeah. is sweet. Pisces it is sweet. man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I did not realize that he's the one that picked the entries. I thought people yeah. were like bringing their own. That like takes this up to another level for yeah, me. Yeah, he really like, he, you know what I mean? Everybody needs a good editor in the world. And like mm-hmm. he does that for you. He goes through and says, this is what's going to be funny to everybody else. Or this is what is the most unifyingly embarrassing thing in your diary. Mm-hmm. And then he, and then he makes, you have to practice reading them to him. Wow. It was so embarrassing. But oh, it's going to be incredible. It's going to be great. It's very It's a very well produced show. I'll say that. Um, so you can get your tickets now at the link in our show notes. But if you want to win a couple of free tickets, we are giving some away. All you have to do to win is leave us the cringiest, teenage angstiest voicemail you've got. If it's got a Denver twist, that's a plus. But we want to hear about your memories, your your, your teenage cringe memories. So you can read from a diary entry mm-hmm. or you can just tell us a funny story that just is seared in your memory because you're so mortified by what you had done and you know, in your teenage years. Okay, so the number is 720-500-5418. Leave us a voicemail, text us, 720-500-5418. Voicemail would be better. Yeah, I, I we, love the, we love hearing from you. Uh, let's directly. get back to the election. We're dying, this is where we, we can't we wait. Be. Okay, so this one's for you last minute voters, because as any political journalist will tell you around this time of year, well, this time of this cycle, I guess, we get texts and calls from friends just asking a simple question, who should I vote for? Because mm-hmm. people aren't paying attention like we are, and they just want to know, who should I vote for? So you know what? We're going to tell you. This is the show where we tell you who to vote for, <laughs> but with the twist, because it depends on you. So like, say, uh, for example, if you're a Republican. Who would you vote who for? Who would you vote for in this Because technically we're nonpartisan yeah. for this role. Yeah. Patty, that's position. a pretty easy answer, right? Because there is only one registered Republican for mayor, Andy mm-hmm. Rougeau. So, um, I would also say 
there is some split on Republicans, which is what, four people in Denver, so it's not going to put you over. And I think it's actually 10%. But hmm. Kelly Bruff, because she worked at the Chamber of, she was head of the Chamber of Commerce, I think is taking some of those votes too. But mm-hmm. he is certainly pushing the law and order, wear your army boot contingency. Yeah, our newsletter editor, Adrian, actually told us a story about Andy Rougeau a couple nights ago. Adrian, do you want to just like give us a quick version of like what you saw on the north side last <laughs> night? We're going to talk to Adrian more later in the show, but this was quite something about Andy Rougeau. So I'm driving down 38th, right by Chubby's. I can't remember the name of the street, but I, I look up and I see this is you know, kind of good looking dapper man and good blue jeans and a white button up shirt. And I go, that, that guy looks familiar. He's coming out of this place with his wife or what I assume is his wife mm-hmm. and a stroller. And I look down and he's got his jeans tucked into his cute little brown battle boots or whatever they call those cute things. <laughs> the ones we've seen he's in the commercials. I was and wearing and all the debates. Yes. Yeah. I'm he's like, this man is, around. he's Wait. walking around Denver with these boots. Is it, wasn't that Webb's campaign? Tennis shoes? He did tennis, tennis shoes. shoes. But I mean, identifiable by your shoes. Yeah, maybe maybe Andy's boots will end up at the Colorado History Museum. Yeah, he could. He could win. Miles. He could win. Um, but anyway, we actually so you haven't heard an interview with Andy Rougeau on the show. We have to address that. It's not going to happen. We tried. It's not for lack of trying. And I feel bad that we didn't mention this to you all last week because I know some folks looked in their feed on Saturday and were like, "We have no mayoral madness interviews to listen to." Andy Rougeau did not get back to us. Uh, Al Gardner also did not get back to mm-hmm. us, and Aurelio Martinez did get back to us, and then he ghosted us. So yeah. those three, we tried, and we failed. Yeah. Well, we managed to get all 16 questionnaires done, which astonished us, mm-hmm. because we thought we were ghosted. Then everyone said they went into spam filters. Oh. But we sent them out individually yeah. to make sure they wouldn't go in spam filters, but we did get them. Yeah. And one candidate, who shall go nameless, said, well, I've answered all these questions before, and I said, you wouldn't have a month ago if you'd looked in your <laughs> spam filter. Uh, it, honestly, it says more about them than us. I know. You know I'm like, it's just, you're applying about, for a really big job. Sorry if a lot of us want to talk to you. And hear you. I mean, I know a lot of our listeners would be open to listening to Andy Rougeau, but he said he does not care about you. Yeah. I mean, I think the interviews you've done have been great. I love Channel 12's little five-minute profiles. They've yeah. been really fun. Helpful. Mm-hmm. They've been really good. I think listening to people and watching them, I'm sorry to say, as a print product, it's it gives you a better it's, feeling on some of them. Kyle and Kyle just Clark, reading words. Kyle yeah. Clark's really putting the screws to some people and they don't like it, which I enjoy. Yeah. Um, okay, so we talked about the Republican. We talked about Andy. Uh, so that's who you would vote for if, you, if, if you're, you're looking a for a Republican candidate. Mm-hmm. Or happen to like combat boots. Or probably. if you're really into that look. <laughs> um, let's move on to, uh, let's say, if you're a progressive. If that's what you care about. Just you're, you, you're a progressive. That's how you identify. Who's your, who's your pick? I think this is a tough one. I mean, one. you've got an embarrassment of riches there. So you've got Lisa Calderon. Mm-hmm. You have Leslie Harrod. You have Ian T- uh, Tafoya, mm-hmm. who is really interesting. And I think if he doesn't make the finals, and that's unlikely, I think, he should certainly be someone working in the city. I mean, 100%. he's worked in the city before. He is really an important young voice. Yeah, 100%. I mean, here's Ian, Ian Thomas Tafoya, based on his track record, he's going to figure out a way to make an impact, no matter what. Right. I he's, believe He already that. has. Well, he and has. he's truly, I mean, we all, grassroots has just become one of those words that everybody uses, but I would say that Ian Tafoya is truly grassroots organizer. I'm on his mailing list. I see the kinds of events he's doing. He's really meeting people where they are, and that's what I, I find yeah. truly progressive about him. And also, we know him from the environmental work that he's done. We know that he works with unhoused folks 
weekly. I, I he would be my pick for if you vote progressive, he would be my guy. I think with Ian the the progress it's it's about different priorities too. So for sure. they're all progressive That's like true. you said a lot of them are Patty. Cuz Lisa's but, also super progressive. But Lisa maybe doesn't prioritize like the climate as much. Ian talks about that all the time and you got to give that to him. So if you really care about the climate and you're progressive, I think I think that's who I right. would take a good hard look Racial at. Racial injustice, environmental injustice. Yeah. He is on it and he works hard on it. Whereas Lisa may be more like criminal justice. Yeah, and that's her background but, too. Yeah. You know, like she's a professor in it. So she's she's got an interesting perspective on the law enforcement situation here that I don't think any of the other candidates have. Mm-hmm. And she's really going to be interesting in this race because she's done very well, I think, in debates. She got 17% in the last election. Now, in the last election, there weren't a lot of other progressives who might take from that 17%. Yeah. But I do think she's she's got a pretty strong chance of winding up one of the th- finalists. Uh, I mean, to get into not a progressive, but the most unusual candidate who's brought interesting perspective to the debates is Terrence Roberts. I have to yeah. say, when you are talking about law and order issues, to have a former gang member is kind of interesting to have on the stage. Someone it, it with, means something. Someone mm. with lived experience, someone who's been through the carceral system, somebody who's been in the midst of gang violence himself, survived it, gone on to do work around it. Shot people. Yeah. I shot think a he person. knows how change happens. That's what his yeah. story tells me about him. Yeah. He knows yeah. what got him I never out. Think, I don't think of him as necessarily progressive, though. But it is. It's just he has a very specific set well, and of... And certainly talking about poverty and that poverty him. is the baseline of so many yes. of our problems. Yeah, He's got a bit of a NIMBY streak, I think. I don't know if I would say progressive or conservative on that, but he does have that like community rooted, I'm not sure I'm comfortable with change, anti-gentrification, that right. bent. Well, and let's also admit, he is not going, We are Denver is not going to elect a former gang member. Who, you really think that's... Hey, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see I don't Tuesday. think so. We'll see but, on Tuesday. But already he has brought good conversation to the table. Yeah. Right. Um, I think that's probably, we got to keep moving. Some of these categories are really fun. That one we could talk about all day. Here's one uh, classic question. Who would you want to have a beer with? If you want to m- vote for a mayor that's like the coolest hang, who would it be? Mm. Uh oh, this is a trickier one than you would think. My my vibe, my style would be Leslie Herod. Mm-hmm. We already kind of hang out in the same circles. I feel like I've seen her at places I hang out. She would be somebody that I could sit down with, and it would like she would just be real. Be like, I have to say, I did have drinks with her and a bunch of people after. In fact, Kwame Spearman too after the opening of Meow Wolf. Oh yeah, fun to drink with. Yeah, like she's already kind of out there in the cool art spaces. So that would be like my, my particular who I would have a beer with. I would hope Mike Johnston would be fun to have a beer with, but I've never had one with him. Don't know for sure. <laughs> my answer here is Jim Walsh, and I know Jim Walsh a little bit. We've we've spent some time socially. He is a very interesting guy. He's he's brought forth ideas like. UBI, he's pushing forth workers' rights. He really cares about those things. But what people don't know about him is that he has hosted and and organized this theater troupe, this like very democratic theater troupe where anyone can come and bring a story and they'll like help you make a stage play out of it. And uh, it's just a great community that he's fostered. Also, oh, I'm a, a history buff, and he's right, a huge right. history like right. If you want to sit guy, down and hear a good story about he Colorado, he's the mm-hmm. guy that's going to tell you. I would also just I just to, to, since we're talking about him right now, I what I love about Jim Walsh is he's one of those candidates that brings issues to the table. He's probably not got a chance in hell, but he's having people, mm-hmm. he could get people talking about things that they otherwise wouldn't be talking about, like universal basic income. So I, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'd, actually, I'd love to sit down with him and talk about universal basic income. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, over a beer. Over a beer. Another <laughs> over fun. A, over a kombucha, please. 
<laughs> Another fun one. Um, if you're a single issue snowplow voter, <laughs> if the only thing you care about is getting the damn streets plowed. Well, Kelly Bruff, who's proven that she can plow streets. And in fact, in the many different blind alleys we've chased down when tips come in, someone said, do you think she did something illegal? Did she have her snowplow license Mm -hmm. when she did that commercial? And we (laughs) wasted some time checking into it. And that was a completely legal snowplow commercial. So we, I liked that take charge. What do you have to have a CDL or something to... Drive a snowplow? Well, not on an airstrip. It was in Buena Vista, I think. I can't even remember, but it was all legal. That's all you need to know is she did not break the law. But I will say this. Kelly Bruff is definitely a person who is take charge. She has run things. I know when she was doing neighborhood mediations before she was Hickenlooper's chief of staff, I know people in those neighborhood mediation activities, which are horrendous, Mm -hmm. who really admired how she handled the people and got sides together. So... That's interesting. I believe she could snowplow. Yeah. And she could organize snowplows. Yeah. Why I, isn't she campaigning on that? Well, she did the snowplow. I mean the Not the snowplow. I'm talking about the mediation of neighborhoods. You know, stuff. it's interesting. I wonder why we don't hear more about that. People she'd worked with, maybe because it was confidential. I don't know. True. Um, <laughs> I would love to hear more from Mike Johnston about when he was a principal. It's, he's refers to it. You know, when Barack Obama came here in 2008, oh, that's right. he visited that's Mike right. Johnston's school because he was such a groundbreaking principal. And I'm surprised we're not hearing more about that. We're not hearing about that at all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Chris also, Hansen, yeah, I was just going to say, in. if we're going to talk snowplows, I think you were referencing that, Paul, his plow the damn roads yeah. tweet. So we do have two candidates that are I mean, interested in snowplows from different he, angles. We haven't seen him would in a plow. He? Let's just he, say that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but he could direct plows. I think he would facilitate a conversation. You know, that's yeah. he'd I mean. audit them. Yeah. He would. <laughs> that's what I wanted to say, but I couldn't say it. But yeah, we, we talked a lot more about Kelly Bruff and, um, Chris Hansen on another podcast actually recently. Oh, so yeah. I don't I don't want to share more of my Kelly Bruff thoughts here. I have lots, but I, I do still think she's going to be in the runoff. But you should go listen to that show, the Get More Smarter podcast. I think we're going to put it in our feed if we can before election day. Um, but go subscribe to that and listen to that. Uh, good friends of the show. Should we move on to the next one? Yep. How about, God, what would be good here? If you want someone who's going to be tough on homelessness, who should you vote for? Some people what want do you, this. What do you mean? Like like the crackdown attitude? Like the yeah. get rid of encampments, not solve the problem? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there are well, people. Thomas Wolfe. Thomas Wolfe for sure. Andy Rougeau for sure. 100%. Thomas Wolfe. Thomas End Encampments Wolf, the guy with the End Encampments sign. It just says End Encampments, period. Yeah. And then the difference is if you end, if you sweep them, then where do they go? Right. I mean, you have some people who say, yes, I'm going to sweep, but then... I mean, we hear Mike Johnson. He's going to have places for people to go. Otherwise, I'm think I'm thinking, say, Thomas Wolfe might be sending them to Des Moines unless he puts them in the jail where they yeah. currently hold all the cannabis. I think with that issue, the interesting thing to look at is but what, because they all seem to have very similar ideas about, like, you know, do we use the camping ban? Do we do the sweeps more? But you're right. It's more it's where thinking about where to and the whole process, like how to actually help people. It's interesting what part people these candidates are focusing on because mike johnston focuses so much on the humanity of like getting people off the streets so no one's living in like terrible conditions where someone like mayor wolf thomas wolf's stupid signs are getting in my head <laughs> thomas wolf <laughs> says he just wants to end the encampments and it's like well how doesn't yeah. matter he just wants to end them you know get rid of them yeah like if that was the possibility it would have been done by now and i yeah. that's what i like about mike johnston's uh 
the platform that he's got is um, he comes from affordable housing. He's been working on affordable housing for a couple of years. And affordable housing is a really tough thing to do. It's hard to make work. It's expensive. It's not profitable. And he seems to have some real concrete plans on how to build us out of it a little bit. And so... Is he the one that promised to end homelessness in his Four first year, in his first yeah. term? Mm-hmm. I, that's a stretch, but I like that somebody is saying that. We'll see if it really means anything. But yeah, can we go out on the biggest one, the biggest hardest one? Sure. So some voters only want to vote for someone who has a chance of winning. This is how some people make their votes. So if someone texted you and said, "I want to vote for a, a contender." The person who you think is going to make the runoff. This is a backdoor prediction about the runoff. That's oh, what this I is. But if you do it, Paul, only want to vote for a contender, don't make me do this, Patty. Well, and of course, your vote can make them contenders. That's the other thing because it's can. going to be so close. Last night, I was asked this question. So I'm Kelly Bruff, Mike Johnston. I think Lisa Calderon is coming on strong. I don't think people are upset enough about Law and Order that Andy's going to get into the runoff. But I have to tell you, the other night, I thought. Who knows after East High and and Nashville and everything else, but I don't think it's going to be him. So I would, my bet is on those three at the moment. And of course, you could only have two, but my other bet is that it is going to take so long to Hmm. do the count because everyone, you are going to go vote and you're going to vote on Tuesday that we might be sitting here in a week and not know who are the two. We also haven't talked about Debbie Ortega. I have to say, I was over in Bear Valley yesterday, and I saw quite a few Ortega signs. Interesting. And I think she's, I I don't, she's not the old Denver vote, but she's definitely like, if you've been here for a long time, she's got name recognition. If you paid attention to city council at all, she's got name recognition. No surprises. I I thought she started out very strong. She had good endorsements. She lagged a bit in debates and things like that. So it depends on what you're paying attention to. If you haven't paid any attention so far, she's got name recognition, so that could push her in. Yeah. I feel like it's Bruff, Herod, and Johnston. Those are your That's top the three that could end up. Of the top three. I definitely think Kelly Bruff is going to be there. Yeah. She's got the most individual donors. She's a fundraising monster. She's got a lot of support from insiders. She's got a ton of yard signs out there. People like her. I, I think I'm, all I'm the indicators you. are Bruff. I'm with you, Paul. I think Bruff and then between, I mean, I would maybe say Herod Johnston and maybe Ortega. Mm-hmm. That would be the what we're going to see in the runoff. So that's where my predicament is. <laughs> I'm like, do I go with my idealistic candidate, my ethically mm-hmm. like aligned candidate, my candidate that like... I know I embodies the ideals that I have, or do I go with the person that's pretty close to that as well, but mm-hmm. probably has a better chance to go to the runoff. Now I'm thinking about it differently, Patty, because if I say I, I'm going to my aunt's birthday party tonight, if I get that whole room to vote for my guy, is that enough? I say yeah, I if know. there's ever an election where you could do it, it's this one, because it is going to be that close. That's I, so, so I can't wait till election day. This is going to yeah, be- I'm thinking, I'm just thinking about the- Think about it. If the you could say, votes, I really yeah. want to push these mm-hmm. this one person, yeah, and you get 100 people to go do it. Okay. It makes a difference. It matters. Okay. Uh, but we got another story that matters coming up after this break. Um, this is probably going to be a long show because this topic is just honestly <laughs> just as fun. I can't wait to dig into it. Um, so, yeah, we'll be back in a second with something else. Hey, my name is Cameron. Um, I have been listening to you guys' uh, podcast for about a year and a half now and it's helped me 
make that transition to actually moving to Denver. I stay in the, I guess, uh, Central Park uh, neighborhood. And so, yeah, I'm just excited to start this journey. Um, I've been here for about a week and a half. <laughs> but so far, everything is great, um, just as I imagined it. So just wanted to leave this little nugget of positivity. Thanks. Bye. This episode is brought to you by the Colorado Wine Board. Because the wine community here is, like, surprisingly robust. I mean, think about Bigsby's Folly and Infinite Monkey Theorem here in Denver alone. And there are urban wineries all across the Front Range. Then there's the Western Slope, Peonia, I mean, Palisade. Hello, Palisade Wine, are you kidding me? It didn't used to really be a thing, but from what I hear, it's very much a thing now. There are more than 165 wineries across Colorado to explore, and they produce all sorts of wine that reflect our unique culture and climate. So finding a label that you're going to love is easy, no matter where your adventure takes you. Discover it for yourself and support local winemakers at coloradowine.com. That's coloradowine.com. All right, and we're back. We're going to talk about the other big ticket item on your ballot. Again, it's the Park Hill Golf Course. What are we going to do with it? <laughs> Voters are deciding the future of the Park Hill Golf Course. That's the 155-acre swath of defunct parkland in North Denver. The developers want to turn into a mix of parks and housing and shops and restaurants and a butterfly garden, Bree. Oh, yes. And so, uh, Patty, you got a hot tip this week. Well, we did, and it... I, I we I already had the tip, and then I heard it from someone else who'd heard it from someone else in our office. So I'm like, we have got to chase this down. And this would be that if two O doesn't pass, that it they will put in a Top Golf. Now we know Top Golfs are popular, but also really controversial. And and Tim Nath, for example, mm-hmm. they turned in a petition to make it impossible to build a top, uh, top golf by limiting the heights of fences because top golfs will have fences as high as 150 feet. So if you're in Park Hill and maybe you don't want pickleball and maybe you don't want fences that are 156 feet, mm-hmm. you know, a top golf is not your dream. Yeah. But if 2 goes down, you know, so the conservation easement stays on. Mm-hmm. Its only use can be a golf course or, depending on your legal interpretation, public open space that someone still has to fix up. Yeah. So now there's this threat that Westside, if it goes down, will just somehow get the letter of the law so they have enough of a golf course up and running that they can also put in a top golf. And we chased this and they at least addressed it saying I mean they more than addressed it. Yeah. They mentioned the word top golf. They said if it goes down, we will have to look at options and that could be one of them. Yeah. So So they didn't deny it. So it's like a threat to voters, right? Yes. And it could have been a blind, you know, they could have just done it so voters are scared. Patty, do you remember Twilight Golf Course? Oh, of course. That's where I used to go to the driving range when I was a little kid. And it was a golf course that was, it was a driving range that was open at night in your neighborhood, Paul. Did they have beer? I don't remember. I'm sure they did. I'm sure. Why else would my dad take me there if they didn't have beer? For sure. close? Because it became the Safeway on Quebec and uh, Leedsdale. You know, and but I'm saying it was in the it was in the neighborhood. It wasn't the end of the world. But here's the thing: I think the rumor that they started this, that West Side started it, because people would be so appalled at the Top Golf idea. I have to say, I think a lot of young voters in Denver would love a Top Golf. If you see Centennial, if you see Thornton, it's a party. You know, it's not just bring your own beer. They come to you. You could set like up full party service. Booths. Yeah. yeah. 
I think a lot of people might like a Top Golf, so that I, could backfire if that was the the original I concept. To it. I wouldn't be opposed to it. However, I feel for the neighborhood being like that's still not what we want oh, or a, what we a need. million times worse. Yeah, no, I agreed. Patty, I gotta press you on where this tip came from because it does it does matter in this election. <laughs> Where? How it's are you tip, sure? Paul. How you are you sure that it's not from West Side? Oh, I'm not sure that it's not from West Side. Except that if it were from West Side, I think they actually would be arguing against their own best interest. Because I think a lot of, as I said, I think a lot of people would like a Top Golf. Yeah. So I will say I heard it in a bar mm-hmm. from someone very politically connected. But then when we decided to look into it, it was because it came from someone in the city. God, that's interesting. And God, it's Top Golf and eyesore. Oh, I drive past on I-25 all the time. Yeah, I feel like it's more appropriate in a place like Thornton where it's like, it looks like it's just like part of the highway. (laughs) Yeah, 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 it's not something you want to have in the middle of your city for sure. It's Um, kind of like the conversation around golf courses in general in the middle of cities. It's totally ridiculous. But we should just rename this podcast um, the Park Hill Golf Course Saga (laughs) Podcast. Well, and as I showed you today, one of the funniest things, someone, there is a sign up outside the Park Hill Golf Course now that says future home of an inner an out burger mm-hmm. which has well uh, of course they could put it in if it passes mm-hmm. they could put that in <gasps> that might be a better strategy frankly for west side to say we'll bring you an in and out burger do you want yeah, an like in and out in your neighborhood no carrots, you don't fewer sticks <laughs> right exactly so i was just at- i think it is it's clearly a joke but it is funny i was in it i was in an in and out line last night you mm-hmm. don't want that in your neighborhood it's awful it's like ten thousand cars puttering mm-hmm. to get a burger and yes, I was there being that person. So that's a no. tricky one. That's I, a tricky one. I don't want that for. Well, anyway, so that yeah. is political guerrilla theater. Whoever it's did it, it's brilliant. really great. When you when that headline dropped in my feed, I laughed out loud. I thought it was Patty. Free. Yeah, what? what do you think is going to happen with two O? Do you have any ink? Because I'm see. Okay, here's the thing. They've got they're trotting out Terrell Davis to do ads. I get I've gotten 17 mailers. I see their signs everywhere but then i look at the comments on twitter you know or someone's instagram and everybody is saying no i think it is going to go down for two reasons and neither are top golf or in and out burger i think some people think it absolutely should be a park Mm -hmm. and even though the mechanisms aren't there to make it a park yet if 2-0 goes down because Westside will still own it and creating a park isn't cheap. Mm-hmm. But they either wanted a park or they don't think the city got enough from Westside in the proposed development. Yeah. So those are two very things. Like they want a development, but they don't want this one. Or they just we want can the get park. A but either way, yeah. mm-hmm. those, that, they're going to vote against it. The stain of this seems like a sweetheart deal from the Hancock administration during the last 12 years that have been very tumultuous for a lot of the city. That's how I was feeling. I mean, I've seen some other arguments. I'm not going to say how I'm going to vote, but I don't know. I feel I feel for people in that neighborhood because this is the whole the whole city is determining something for you, and mm. that's really rough for the uh, second time. A couple time. of notes for the record: uh, we said no on the Park Hill Golf Course developers. We told them no last time. That's what voters said. That's why we're voting on this again. Um, and then also, Top Golf did not comment on the Westward article. Have you all received a comment? We haven't them? gotten a comment yet. Now I know we did hear from Westside that they'd heard from 25 media outlets after our story came oh, up. I'm sure from around the world, and I don't know if Top Golf has <laughs> has responded. They're busy in Timap yeah, because they, they have those petitions. Well, turned in. and the Park Hill thing is like it has urban planner 
community oh, on sure. fire. Urban I've seen, golf I've, course, absolutely. I've just seen people tweeting about it from New York, from all these different places. Like people are weighing in on what we should do. Here's another option I've heard nobody propose, oh, good but Lord. there was some graffiti. I was at the Park Hill Golf Course last weekend. I saw some graffiti on the other corner, not the In-N-Out Burger sign. The graffiti said land back. Oh, yeah. And we had a conversation yesterday that's going to run on the show next week that kind of has got this on my mind again. What would be the land back option here? How could we How could we use this land to somehow make good on crimes of the past, you know? That's where we ask our indigenous community what what they would want how would we use it that way i would i would love for us to do that but again i don't live in that neighborhood so it's really difficult for me to say yeah but you know it's one of those conversations about are we going to be precedent setting Mm -hmm. is denver going to be precedent setting around something we could be precedent setting about giving that back Mm -hmm. and i think it'll depend a lot on who gets into that runoff yeah Yeah. (laughs) oh yeah i didn't even think about how that's going to play out because we could be yeah, we could be Upholding discussing the this. deal, negotiating with the, yeah. the developers again. It's it's a big, it's a big, it's a big election. Hey, so election vote matters, no matter it. what. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And let let us know what you're thinking. Let us know what you're feeling about this because I know we've been talking about our anxieties about just filling out our ballots. So if you have any thoughts on how you've been dealing with this election, give us a call seven two zero five zero zero five four one eight. The disgruntled election hotline, 720-500-5418. I mean, it might be the party election. You might be stoked. Yeah. I just have a feeling most of us are like, what do we do? (laughs) Um, All right. We got to take one more break, and then it's time to talk about the weekend. What's up, weather fam? Rain or shine, I'm Andy Stein, here with your CityCast Denver weather forecast for this weekend. We're coming up at the end of March into early April. We have really come out of March unscathed in terms of not having one of our big March bomb cyclones or winter storms. That's not to say that Fort Collins didn't get an appreciable amount of snow last weekend, because they definitely did. Um, But on a whole, we didn't really talk about any big storms this March. That could change as we head into April. We'll just have to wait and find out. For this weekend, though, hey, we are talking about fire danger and warm conditions. It's going to be another windy day on Friday, just a touch less windy than what we had on Thursday. And what a windy day that was. But Saturday and Sunday looking so nice. We're going to be in the mid to upper 60s. I bet we'll hit 70 on Sunday. We'll have some breezy conditions around, but overall sunny skies and 60s. Heck yeah, it's going to be such a good start to April. I hope you all have a great weekend. All right. It's time for the official CityCast Denver maybe for your weekend, as in maybe you'll see us there. Because as usual, there are so many cool things happening in Denver this weekend, but there's only one where you might see us. Adrian Gonzalez rounds up his best bets in our newsletter, Hey Denver, every week, and he's here to give us his top picks. Adrian, welcome back to the show. Hey, guys. Good morning. Hi. So what do we got? All right. What do we got? It's You can't tell by how chilly it is this morning, but Red Rock season is back. Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) You sound so stoked. (laughs) I actually honestly didn't know it ever was not. I feel like they, it's like, per- it's I feel like they book that place now yeah. deep into December. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it goes year round. But tonight <laughs> is the very first music show happening. It is an artist uh, called Dabin, I believe. It's electronic music. So, yeah. I was like, Dabin? I feel... <laughs> It should be nice tonight too. It's it's warm oh, yeah. out. I don't know. It's too chilly for me. But are you a Red Rocks person, Patty? No, not that much. I lo- I go a couple times a year. Hmm. I like I love Red Rocks when there's no one there. 
Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. It's a beautiful place. I love but... most places when there's no one there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, event number two. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Second one this weekend is happening tonight at Cerveceria Colorado. It is uh, for month of photography. They're releasing uh, a new IPA called Mi Vida. Uh, and they're showcasing four different photographers. They got Armando Geneiro, uh, oh, yeah. great you know, oh, friend yeah. of the podcast. Manuel Aragon, also a friend. Oh, nice. Uh, Jose Domingo from Third Division. And Anthony Mays, which we talked about last year. He's got that show at Black Park. Oh, my Park. God. That's this like my awesome. four favorite photographers in Denver right now. What a great show. Yeah, just a hang, ah. food truck. Uh, and if you buy a six-pack of this new IPA, you're entered to win a trip to Mexico. Awesome. Ooh. Can I just say, I am not worried about photographers and AI. <laughs> like, I think photography as an art form is going to be fine. Not worried well, in the slightest. Yeah, and I, I'm thinking about these photographers in particular who are really good at capturing life in the city yeah. in the moment, and you just can't. People have to trust you to take their photograph in in a vulnerable or or like a sacred space or just where you're with your family or friends. And all all four of those photographers are incredible at doing that, and AI cannot replicate that. It's just not agreed. Ever going to be the same. I agree. Patty, can I be? Can I throw in one? An event? <laughs> yes. Okay, this is yes. the first time. I love this. Well, well tonight I'm going to be at the Chattered Cover mm-hmm. with Alan Prendergast, who has a fabulous book out called Gangbusters about the fighting DA Philip Van Sys. A yes. hundred years ago, we elected a mayor who was a member of the KKK. Mm-hmm. So if you think we're having troubles now, mm-hmm. think of a hundred years ago, and he's the one who fought the Klan. Philip Van Sy. So it's a great book. Even if you can't come tonight, buy the book. Which tattered cover? Colfax. Colfax. Okay. Nice. And there's an, is there an excerpt from it in this week's? Yeah. It's our cover story. It's Thank the cover you. story. I so forgot. Grab it on newsstands. Yes. Yeah. Ooh. That book's on my desk I know. Right I do now. want to I read it. The introduction. It's really good. He's such Alan's a good a great, writer. He's such a great a writer. Good story. I didn't know. I can't wait to dig in. I can't wait to read that one. Um, <laughs> Okay, yes. well, fine, Patty, coming in with a ringer. That's fine. Adrian, do you have a, do you have a third one for Wild us? Wild card. I feel like I can't top that, but... A fourth one, technically. <laughs> Patty's is the third. Okay, yeah. Uh, the Russell Square Park Improvement Project is finally done. It's been years in the making, so if you've been, uh, been by this park in the Cole neighborhood, they're having their official grand reopening tomorrow morning from 11 to 3, free food, free music. You can check out the new park. It's We're right off of uh, 37th and York-ish. 36, yeah, it says 3,600 Vine First 200 Street. get a hot dog. <laughs> I saw that press release. Okay. It is cool, that though. I have it is to great. say, if you've ever been to a park opening, it's really kind of magical that you get to see everything like pristine, brand new, yes. whether it's like, you know, seating or some sort of sculptural piece or a playground. Because we went to, I went to an opening in Westwood a couple of years ago for a park, and it was kind of awesome. So I would... I would recommend that one too. If you're a park yeah. person, it's, it's cool. a vibe vibe. Cool and idea. they have an Easter egg hunt. Oh, cute. Okay. And as Patty mentioned, they got hot dogs for the first 200 that show up. <laughs> and if hot dogs are not your thing, Good I've luck. got an event Sunday mm-hmm. happening at Park Hill Treasures, which is a, a fun little store. I've gotten many uh, vintage snap Western shirts there. It is a charcuterie board class. Oh. So if you ever wanted to make a charcuterie board, you're not in the hot dogs, you, you prefer charcuterie, <laughs> uh, as the French call them, you can uh, pay $75 and you get all the materials, make your own board, take it home. And then you just eat it all by yourself. That's what I do. While watching, I don't know, watching <laughs> the new season of Party Down. That's what yeah. I would be doing. Watching the election <laughs> results, yes. Well, meat's a stretch for me. I'm not going to say why on the show. <laughs> Patty? 
I'm not I'm not voting on this. Are you talking about meat still? The charcuterie board class. Do you like that? Yeah, what do you think? I would probably just go get a summer sausage at Safeway. Yeah. yeah. Save Slice some time. it up. Yeah. <laughs> but that's yeah. a good a loose mix of events. So we got Prendergast at the Tattered Cover. We got the photos, the photographers at Cerveceria, Colorado. We have Dabin at Red Rocks. Dabin at Red Rocks in the park opening with the hot dogs. I'm really, that photography opening is 100%. I'm excited about it. Where I would too. be. I love all those photographers. And there's something different too. We have to like acknowledge, you can see them on Instagram. Seeing those photos in real life is mm. always better to me. I'd love to see Manuel and Armando's work and Anthony and that would be great. Prendergast also seems great. Yeah. You can still read the book. You can still read the book. So. Maybe, well, since Patty is going to be there, there's no maybe about it. Maybe that's, that can be our, for sure you'll see us there. And we can make the photos or maybe. What do we how do we feel about that? I think that? we could we could note both of those in our newsletter as possible places you might see us. Yes. Okay. You could make a night out of it, honestly. Both of those would be yeah. great. There you go. And there you have it, the official CityCast Denver maybe for your weekend, but there's way more where that came from. Adrian's got plenty more recommendations in our newsletter, Hey Denver, which you can subscribe to right now by texting Denver to 66866. Adrian, Bree, Patty, thanks for joining me this morning. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, Paul. And that's all for the week here on CityCast Denver. Our producers this week were me, Paul Caroli, and Aaron O'Toole. Adrian Gonzalez writes our morning newsletter, Hey Denver. Bree Davies is our host. Our music is by Los Mocachetes, with additional mixing by Tyler Lindgren. If you haven't already, subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, at CityCast Denver. And tell Andy Rougeau about us next time you see him. You can sign up for that daily newsletter by texting Denver to 66866 and learn more about us at denver.citycast.fm. See you next week. Tell who t- who sees the press releases. Two hundred hot dogs. But I, I think, was like, you really read the press release. I did read the press release because I typed the free things to do. Yeah. Oh. Okay.